Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash top hat to sign up for a free trial. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Man, what a week for death. Leonard Nimoy and uh, Anthony Mason. Uh, You see, Anthony Mason, I kind of remember Anthony Mason. You kind of do? Yeah. Oh, man, he was a huge part of my childhood. 90s Knicks. 90s Knicks. He was the best. I, I mourn more for Mason than I do Nimoy because Leonard was 83. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't he was so sad. No, it wasn't that sad. It was a that's what you call a Han death. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, the worst thing is when you die and everyone's just like, "He was still alive?" Oh yeah. You never want to live long enough to be this he was still alive guy because then people already subconsciously mourned your death and they didn't care. <laughs> they just kind of assumed he was like when Dean Martin died, I was like, "Dean Martin was alive?" Oh yeah. What? But I thought for sure he had died a decade before he actually passed away. Oh yeah. He was was, uh, around for a while. Yes, he was. Um, All right, everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, with Marcus Parks. Just Marcus and Ben today. Yeah. Let's go to Texas, Marcus. Let's start with some good liberal red meat because there is no... There is no way on the face of the planet that I'll respect your opinion if you disagree with mine on this one. Uh, (laughs) I I usually like to be kind of down the middle and understand both sides. But uh, 10 years ago, Texas outlawed gay marriage, or they made it mandatory for marriage to require a man and a woman. And they celebrated their 10-year anniversary in, dare I say, the gayest way possible. A bunch of guys and gals, mostly dudes who look like they don't have sex with gals, got a, got together and they cut cake they to cut celebrate their bigotry against same-sex marriage and gay people in general. It was a wedding cake, by the way. Very symbolic. Very symbolic. And the picture, if you haven't seen the picture yet, Google, I don't even know what, Texas conservatives cut cake, yeah. uh, you know, uh, honoring their ban of gay marriage, and you'll see the picture and... I don't know, bro. I feel like I have a strong <laughs> internal gaydar. I've yeah. got the gay older brothers. Oh, yeah. I feel like internally I'm on the spectrum. We all are. Yeah. You know, um, let's just say that I don't like balls, but I enjoy a butt. <laughs> uh, so I'm somewhere there. And I looking at these guys' eyes, they've got that gay twinkle. They've got that gay charm. They've got that, that smirk th- that tells... <sighs> 
They they think that they're pulling one over on us. Oh yeah, man. Well, there's. I mean, they're not pulling over too well because one of them is looking longingly at another. Right. So you get the feeling it was just a bunch of closeted gay conservatives in Texas who wanted to keep on living that swinging Dallas lifestyle. <laughs> and they said marriage is going to ruin this, guys, if we can't all go hang out at the big Texas cock on Thursday nights. <laughs> if all if all, we all start getting married off, we're going to end up like uh, like Barney and Mrs. Rubble. Oh, Barney Rubble. Here's some of the gay Rubble. bars in Dallas. Uh, JR's Bar and Grill Incorporated. That's a uh, gay bar? The Roundup Saloon. Okay. That's, that's a country western gay bar and dance hall. And my favorite, the Dallas Eagle. They are, wow. That's a leather bar. Okay. Those all sound like bars I would accidentally walk into and purposely walk out of. <laughs> oh, one of review of the Dallas Eagle says it's a friendly bar with the best happy hour in town. I guarantee you that's true. <laughs> I guarantee you it has an amazing happy hour because all the cowboys in there are desperately trying to get drunk so they forget they're married to a woman. <laughs> It's a good neighborhood gay bar. And you know what? I never really think about it. A good neighborhood gay bar, Mm. I bet it's very important to the gay community. You gotta have a good neighborhood gay bar. Come on down. They should all be called Rusties. (laughs) Um, That's what I think, though. Those are very closeted names. JRs. There's nothing gay about the name JRs. As a matter of fact, it's relatively masculine. You wouldn't assume going into JRs, you'd be walking in to a uh, a sex-fueled alcohol-loving Texas gay party. Well, I mean, a lot of them have... You know, most of them are pretty coded. They're stationed... Not really coded, but completely not gay. Station 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue Ellens. Sue Ellens. I'm going to give <laughs> Sue Ellens... That's uh, that's the only one that's sort of tipping, tipping me off a little bit. That is a lesbian bar. The Tin uh, Room. The Tin Room? Mm-hmm. Woody Holy. Sports and Video Bar. All right. The Tin Room just sounds like that. Has that room sounds like it's been full of screams? <laughs> I, I, I don't ever want to go to a tin room bar. It no, sounds terrifying. The uh, the comment on the tin room says friendly atmosphere. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So these Texas conservatives are celebrating something they should be they should be uh, wildly ashamed of, but they're very very happy because they were able to pass some legislation in Texas. One more BJ's in excess. The tagline: The boys love BJ's. See, that's what I'm talking about. Now that's a gay bar. That's a gay bar. Have yeah. some confidence in the name of your bar. <laughs> BJ's bar. What is the co- what's the uh, tag on it? The boys love BJ's. The boys do love BJ's. Now I know what I'm getting. I know what I'm getting when I walk in there, and I know how I'm feeling when I walk out. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're great. Drained. The mining company is a good one. The hidden door. Caliente. That's just anything. Caliente. (laughs) I like the hidden door. That's good. Zippers. The brick bar. Alexandra's. All right. So far, Zippers. Zippers and BJ's are definitely the top two named gay bars so far in Texas. Pub Pegasus, Club Los Rieles, and Randy's Club Cherries. All right. Well, now we're getting there. I didn't realize Texas had so many gay bars. Oh, well, that's just in Dallas, my friend. Wow. Yeah. Uh, actually, San Angelo, Texas has a big gay scene. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, who knows why, but they just kind of decided to settle there. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. 
It's a lot of a lot of places to hang out in Texas, but they found the one that they liked the most, San Angelo. Yep, and uh, and more power to them. So that's great. The conservatives who want us to go kill ISIS do like some of ISIS uh, ISIS's ideas, <laughs> uh, which is really nice. God, I just can't believe they thought it was good enough. Like it, they needed to commemorate this with a cake cutting ceremony. Yeah, they got a photographer. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's uh, the com- a conser- the Facebook post, like the actual picture, that was posted by the conservative group Texas Values. Mm, very good. Yes, religious liberty, marriage and family, pro-life. That's their three big issues. Oh, Marcus, you forgot. Dot, dot, dot. And cake! <laughs> you can't get enough of cake. I would really be swayed by any political party that offered me cake. Uh, yeah? Oh, sure. Any what? political party. Pretty much. <laughs> Depending on what kind of cake it is. Green party. Cake? <laughs> That's all you got to say. Sure, I'll go green party. I like some weed. Of course, there's a bunch of things happening in the world. There's the Chicago Black site. Uh, people are very interested about it. Just kind of broke. There was a kid who got arrested. I think it was in 2013. He was at one of these... Uh, protests and he got arrested he did have a pipe bomb on him and that's not good no um so you can't exactly go running around places with an explosive device that you may or may not want to throw at somebody or some building he was brought to this black site in chicago and now there's more and more people starting to come out and say that they were also brought there for much smaller crimes than the uh than the fellow who sort of broke the story and got some heat behind it very interesting case in chicago with these black sites basically what happens is you get Taken there, it just looks like an old warehouse. Nothing seems to be happening in there. It looks like a place where they might be making mannequins. You know, just one of those. <laughs> there's like one of those buildings that everyone kind of drives past on the way to the work or the way to a bar or something like that, and no one knows what the functionality of the building is. They're just like, yeah, that's the brick I see, <laughs> you know, and they just kind of keep on cruising. They don't ask, uh, don't ask any questions but in on the inside uh, there's certain individuals asking many questions those people are detectives and they are talking to people without reading them any rights and without giving these individuals any um opportunity for uh, for a defense or anything like that. yeah no due process they're completely skipping due process and it's all off the books too none of this stuff is what happens in the black site none of it is documented anywhere, right or at and least anywhere that we can see when it comes to law enforcement the term off the books is never good in reality it's always <laughs> great if you're like i get paid off the books get paid under the table awesome cash that's all the people want off the books but whenever it's law enforcement it's always like so this beating it's off the books (laughs) it's never like here's 50 bucks off the books oh thank you officer it's here's like here's three broken ribs off the books (laughs) you know what we're not even gonna mark this one down yeah this one guy said that uh, police found him with five and a half pounds of marijuana which is a lot of marijuana it is a lot of marijuana but he said that he was held for three days without public notice booking or a lawyer and nobody knew where he was was his parents didn't know he was just uh they call it they call them disappeared yeah which is fairly terrifying it sounds like you know it sounds like something we might reference in a last podcast on the left episode uh when discussing aliens and alien abduction Mm -hmm. these people are just disappeared off the streets of chicago for up uh, upwards of three days with uh with no rights whatsoever it's a very very creepy thought and it happens on a regular basis and it's been happening for a long time there's three guys that are they described a 2006 incident in which they were both there was a handcuff attached to each wrist and they were spread across and just kept there for hours and hours one of them said uh, that he was punched in the face and then an officer stepped on his groin quote like he was putting a cigarette out 
Hmm. And now, are you sure you're not talking about a Tuesday night at BJ's? <laughs> are we still talking about the black side, or are we back to Texas gay bars? But black side. Still black oh, side. Oh, black side. Although. Because okay. you could swing this into a fairly saucy uh, into a fairly saucy situation if you think about it like that. You really could. But uh, it's, it's very interesting. And then, of course, uh, overseas... ISIS is going crazy. They're they're desperately trying to create a caliphate. I spoke with my friend Saman Arbabi. We're, we're, we're working on a show right now with Embassy Row, which is a great production company. They produce a show called Cutthroat Kitchen, hmm. which is one of my personal favorite Food Network programs. If you haven't seen it, go out there and check it out. That kitchen, it is cutthroat, <laughs> and it's intense. And they also cr- uh, they created uh, the Andy Cohen shows for Bravo, ah. all of the uh, housewives and stuff like that. And uh, so we're working on a show together, Saman and I, and our last episode was all about ISIS, and uh, we were discussing a caliphate, and uh, no, nobody really knows what a caliphate is. I have no idea what it's it is. Basically, a caliph, who is this guy Baghdadi, that's the caliph who is like the king right now of, um, of ISIS. He's like, the, he's the number one dude. To be a caliph, you have to have a dick. You have to come from the Qurashi tribe. Qurashi. Huh. And I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Um and, uh, and you have to own land. So those are sort of the three things that you have to have in order to become a caliph. And then you want to start a caliphate, which is, of course, just you, uh, you, uh, you, know, you control the, uh, the, you know, the country. This is why when, um, when they got uh, – oh, I forget. It starts with a D, I believe, and it's a meaningless – nobody cares about it whatsoever. And ISIS took it over. I believe it's uh, – what is it? Did you be? The Juby? No, that's just a random word. <laughs> no, that's a country. The Juby? The Juby. I don't know about all that. No, they took it over, Marcus. Maybe oh, J- Djibouti. Not J- no, it's not Djibouti. <laughs> and it's, it's something with the D. Okay. Did you find the D? <laughs> Google, Marcus, Google ISIS took over a, a city. Something with a D. Uh, something with, with a D. D. Let's see if this works. Dabeek. Mm. It is Dabeek. <laughs> that is the answer. All right. And uh, so basically the caliphate is going to be formed. And then the West or the Great Satan, yeah. uh, which is what we are. And Marcus and I, and uh, dare I say, most of the people here on CCR fully embrace the title. <laughs> I love the idea of being the Great Satan. I think that we need to, uh, we need to embrace it more. I think so, too. So as soon as that happens, then the world ends, and uh, then all of the uh, you know the rev- the the, uh, the the apocalypse occurs, and uh, all the Muslims are spared, and God oh. hugs them all, and they get their virgins, and literally their virgins are dipped. This is true in honey and milk. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Did you see those pictures? The portraits of people covered in honey. It does not look good. It looks terrifying. The only thing I can think of, if somebody is dipped in honey and milk, they're about to be brought out to the middle of a desert near the nearest anthill, <laughs> and they're about to get eaten alive by fire ants because they stole a pineapple for their family on account that they were starving. Pineapple? I don't know. <laughs> is there pineapples in the Middle in East? the desert? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a pineapple is a good desert fruit. What do they got over there? No, pineapple what? makes you... They got dates. Oh, That's dates. their fruit. Dates. Do they have craisins? <laughs> that's all I care about. Craisins are the only fruit that I eat, nonetheless. So that's happening uh, over there in the Middle East as well. And I'll tell you, whoever is uh, whoever opened up the business three years ago, 2011, there had to be somebody uh, in the Middle East who opened up a human cage business. <laughs> and then everyone <laughs> laughed at him. And they're like, Randy, you're an idiot. Who is going to want to use human cages? 
And then ISIS came along and was like, we got a big order for you, buddy. <laughs> and then he's like, I told you, Peggy, I was going to be rich. We can't handle that size order. I'm going to have to call my friends. Uh-oh. Then and then there's, to- a big, there's a big montage of him and his friends yeah. building all the cages. Got got to. Maybe they go on Shark Tank and Mr. <laughs> Wonderful is like, well, what are your orders? He's like, well, right now we have 1,500 back orders from a major corporation. ISIS? <laughs> All right, fine. Oh, yeah. And Scott Walker, uh, he's jumping into the ISIS fray as well. Of course, Scott Walker, yeah. the Wisconsin governor, he's mm. angling for a 2016 uh, nomination for yeah. the presidency. Uh, and he said that his recent fight against public unions is preparing him for his possible fight against ISIS. Yeah, I remember that when all the unions round up all the Coptic Christians in Michigan, <laughs> in, uh, in Madison, Wisconsin and beheaded them. I totally remember that when the unions uh, raped and uh, and murdered everyone uh, who was a woman and then murdered everyone who was gay by throwing them off of a third story building. Uh-huh. I remember that when the unions <laughs> went over into yeah, cuz I went re- over into Egypt and and kid or went over to Syria and kidnapped 250 Christians and uh, they're being held as hostages and they're going to be future dead. Yeah, cuz I remember when he did that we were like that's so weird. These unions have changed. <laughs> I thought they were for, like, teachers' rights and... Uh, no, it's just so weird, man. For a living wage. It turns out they're into, like, beheading people who disagree with their religious views. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Scott Walker, I mean, the more the spotlight is on these people, Walker is sort of going to... Uh, he's going to have... You know, Sarah Palin ruined it for everyone. Yeah. When it comes down to those sort of local yokels, to the people who speak very well to the populations of their state, what I am saying is Scott Walker relates to some of the... Dimmer individuals, although he won election because the people that the Democrats were running just had no no chance to win. It was the gal, and then it was a it was a former mayor of Milwaukee, uh, I believe it's Tom Barrett, and uh, both of them ran terrible campaigns. So Walker pretty much literally had to walk into the situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very difficult, and now we see them on a larger scale. And it turns out relating to somebody in an Eau Claire County Fair. <laughs> <laughs> is a different skill than relating to somebody in a mass, uh, you know, na- national level. Essentially, relating to the world. I mean, if right. you are on, if you're running for president, then you are on the world stage. Although I would say the way that Vladimir Putin is looking right now, Woo! him versus Scott Walker, that would be an ugly showdown. <laughs> God. But you know, the nice thing about Scott Walker, you never know what he's thinking because his eyes are both telling you different stories. <laughs> Wait, does he have a lazy eye? He's got something happening. <laughs> one of his eyes is off to work and the other one's just a, a trust fund kid. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, the, more that, the more that we see him, the more he's going to, uh, to, to make some gaffes and some goof-ups. Obviously, he has plenty of time to make up for these things. No one's really paying attention yet, and he's just kind of dipping his toe in and understanding for the first time what national scrutiny brings, which is mm-hmm. much, much more than the, uh, than the Chippewa Falls Tribune. <laughs> At and- the end of the day, uh, you know, it's fairly – politics are all local, and it's fairly – um, much, much easier to get elected a governor or a senator or a congressman in Wisconsin than, than run for the presidency. Yeah, and he's already, and he's catching flack not just for stuff he says, but for p- things that people say in his presence. The whole Giuliani thing. Well, Giuliani came out and he said Obama doesn't love America. Not nearly as much as Giuliani loves America. Because you remember when he was talking to all those firefighters on top of the corpses? <laughs> You remember that when Giuliani saw 9-11 as nothing but a political, uh, uh, as, a, uh, as a wonderful political tool that he was going to use to carve out a possible presidency? Yeah. That, that means he loves America. 
when he stood on literally a burning grave yeah. that was not even <laughs> close to being cleaned up and told everyone that he was here to save the day when in reality he did a fairly bad job of protecting the city that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we believe in the broken windows policy. Uh, oh, shit. We got about... Uh, Eight, eight, 80,000 broken windows there. Crime's going to go up. <laughs> uh, we have about uh, a lot of broken windows on 9-11. No one's talking about that. Yeah. So, yeah, Giuliani came out and he said Obama doesn't love America, which is really just what he is saying, what he is trying to say is that Obama doesn't believe in American exceptionalism and Obama doesn't want uh, America to take the lead on uh, you know activities in the Middle East and things like that, which is true. And you know, I mean, it, to some degree, uh, Obama wants to build the Middle Eastern coalition, and and it, it could work. I think there's going to be a lot more dead because of it. Yeah, uh, he's sort of taking a uh, you know a backseat approach to it, which you know I don't know. It doesn't seem like the it doesn't seem like the most. Um, Obama is not the most comforting president to the American population. Oh, no. As we see all of these violent images from ISIS, as we see people uh, going over and joining ISIS, as we consider, if you literally just judged um, social presence, social media presence, and uh, and propaganda, I'm joining ISIS tomorrow. (laughs) If you just looked at the flyers, you know, ISIS is a very appealing, they've done a very good job of branding their version of... Uh, you know, fanaticism. It's super cool. It is. It's, it's got a cool <laughs> flag. It looks dope as hell. You get to go shoot a bunch of guns. Yeah, man. It's pretty much what the Boy Scouts offer. <laughs> you know, so that's sort of where that is. But out of all of the things that happened this week, the most aggressive thing Obama did was he vetoed the Keystone Pipeline. And a lot of people on the left are happy about it. A lot of the people on the right, obviously, are not. Uh, Congress was able to pass a bill for the first time in a very, very long time. So kudos to them. Uh, wow. Congratulations, guys. You were able to do your job. <laughs> that was wonderful. And uh, the thing with the Keystone Pipeline, it's um, it's it's got a very – so the people who are against it, they're concerned about uh, you know a possible oil spill. And they're concerned because of the uh, – it's a very crude oil they use that is uh, extremely toxic. And if it would – you know, spill nothing. Uh, it wouldn't be great news. It's called bitumen. Bitumen. Yeah. So it's a it, mixture of clay, sand, water, and uh, bitumen. Bitumen. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> no, bitumen sounds like the guy who calls you into his office when you're about to be fired. Oh, I gotta go. Bitumen wants to see you. You're in trouble. I'm screwed. And you come out of there covered in oil, hard <laughs> and feathered. And so they believe. And and you know, honestly, I don't. They are right to some degree. At some point, the Keystone Pipeline, and it will be built at some. Uh, it w- it's just an extension of pipelines that already exist. That's the other thing that people. It's a polit- The Keystone Pipeline. It, it became so politicized. It's a symbolic thing, um, much much larger than what it actually is. These pipelines are all over the country. Oh, they're all over the country. But what they are. Well, I think the big thing that people are really nervous about uh, is it goes through or near the Ogala Aquifer. Uh, which is where sure. quite a few people get their drinking water from. Uh, and it's very por- porous soil, and the groundwater is fairly shallow. So if there is a fuck-up, then it could contaminate, contaminate drinking water for millions of people. 
We went to the moon. <laughs> That's what I always say in these situations. And we have an oil spill once a month. Well, we don't have an oil spill once a month. <laughs> Depends if our bombs hit the right targets in the Middle East. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and yes, at some point there probably would in 550 years, 500 years, there will be an oil spill at some point, most likely. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the other issue uh, is the uh, eminent domain issue where these, uh, you know, people, uh, corporations basically are telling people that they own, you know, parts of their land now which is very controversial and uh, and nobody is really thrilled about that and i'm not thrilled about that either yeah the, the domain is kind of evil it's all I mean, it's, it, it's uh you know it's terrible it goes against everything america was founded on yeah but uh, then of course the pros is uh you know energy independence even though most of the oil won't be it won't be used here we'll be selling it overseas and uh and really what's happening now with the uh with the shipment of oil it's coming in on trains and so that's what they're using right now to ship oil. And from what I have seen in the news the past three weeks, trains are real dangerous. <laughs> I would literally rather like I would take any mo- I would take any mode of transportation over a train right now. We ride trains every day. We ride subways. <laughs> Different than trains. No, but trains are hitting cars all over the place. Yeah, man. So that's where that's how the oil is being transported now. It's just being transported on trains. I would say, argue that a Keystone pipeline, a pipeline, is safer than a train. Mm. Trains very easily derail. It happens more than a pipeline explodes. And this pipeline is nothing different than what we've than what we have. We have thousands and thousands of feet of pipeline. So I think it got a little bit politicized. But Obama's base was very happy with the veto, and I, you know, whatever. Well, you know, who's I'm not happy it. with it. Uh, a lot of other people. Canada. Canada Canada's going to lose a lot of money. And this idea, the thing is, it is going to create thousands and thousands of jobs initially when, you, when you're building a thing. But then after that, it's fairly simple to maintain. Yeah. You know, this is only, it's a 30-inch tube. I think it's a 36-inch tube at its largest. I just feel like we can tube oil. <laughs> if, if we can well, tube. The bitumen. The, the bitumen. The bitumen's the problem. Everyone's going bitumen crazy here. <laughs> I just think if we can we can tube sausage, we can tube oil. <laughs> Speaking of subways, we tube humans every day. <laughs> I don't understand why we can't get that done. It's just a political thing. That's all. That's all that that is whatsoever. But it's nice that the Congress is able to pass pass one thing, <laughs> even if it didn't go to law. Even not even close. <laughs> Not even close. We got the veto there, mm. but you know that was uh, that's Obama's version of uh, of taking a strong stance on something. But uh, another person has a different way of taking a strong stance on something, and that is, of course, the prime. Oh, what is he? The uh, let's just call him the dictator of Russia. <laughs> he's not the president. He's something bigger than that. He's prime minister. Is he I prime think. minister? Is he prime minister? Uh, you know what? I actually I don't think he's know. just Putin. Putin is Putin. <laughs> What's his title? Uh, he's just Putin. He's the Putin. He's the Putin. Uh, no, he's the. But he is the president. He is. Oh, I thought that. Uh, no, no, no. Wait. Okay. No, no, no. Yes, he's. We. He's been the president of Russia since May of 2012. Oh. Okay. Then he was president from 2000 to 2008, and then he was prime minister from 1999 to 2000. But then he decided to be president for a while, mm-hmm. and then he decided to be prime minister from 2008 to 2012, but he's all been president for the last three years now. Man, you know, it's tough to wake up and not know what <laughs> pants you're going to put on or what shirt you're going to wear, and this guy wakes up and is just like, what position of government do I want to control? 
What position do I want? There was an opposition leader, a man. Uh, Marcus, maybe you can get his name for us. Uh, yeah, and his uh, name was Boris Nimtsov. Let's just call him Boris. <laughs> and dare I say, of course, his name was Boris. <laughs> Uh, naturally and uh, he was shot uh, multiple times right outside of the Kremlin uh, and they say uh, it was a professional KGB style Putin uh, uh, an assassination that only Putin could orchestrate himself and of course uh, Putin has distanced himself from the assassination saying it's a tragedy he had nothing to do with it whatsoever of course the man uh, I believe it was going to be the next day Perhaps it would actually be today um, where he was going to hold a large rally and he was going to expose corruption inside of the Putin government, which honestly, bro, we know, <laughs> you know, that's sort of like the, the least reveal of all time. It's sort of like in this past, uh, I believe it was the Royal Rumble when the WWE angered all of its fans when Rain mm-hmm. won the WWE Royal Rumble. And of course, before the Royal Rumble even began, there was a WrestleMania billboard in Midtown Manhattan that had Rain in the main event. Yeah. So that was sort of a spoiled, uh, a spoiler for sure, because they put a billboard up that featured the outcome of uh, of the Royal Rumble, and that's very similar to what this guy was doing. Corruption in Putin's government isn't exactly news to anybody anymore. Yeah. But it was enough news to scare Putin. And uh, when Putin is scared, what does a bear do? It hires someone to assassinate the a person who's angered the bear. <laughs> um, and that's exactly what happened here with this guy. So, of course, Putin has put himself in charge of the investigation. He's a real inspector uh, Clouseau here. <laughs> and... Uh, he is going to uh, bumble his way through, and I assume he's going to uh, Mr. Magoo his way through the situation and find who the murderer is. I'd love to see Vladimir Putin with like a looking glass with a magnifying glass. Mm, yes. Oh, it's not this porno magazine I'm looking at. Okay. He's not the adult. Let's go look somewhere else. <laughs> detective Putin? Yes, I am now detective. <laughs> yes, I am detective today, tomorrow. I maybe be, I don't know, Secretary of State, but today I'm detected. This is great, man. I, every day is Halloween for Putin. I'm so glad I moved to Russia. This is awesome. I feel so much safer knowing that Detective Putin's on the case of the crime that he probably committed. Definitely committed? Okay. <laughs> Very good. But they have come up with a couple of uh, very interesting possible um, uh, culprits Mm -hmm. of the assassination. Uh, He was dating the man who was murdered. Boris was dating a 23-year-old model who had left the country. I forget. uh, She went to um, some... uh, she went to another country to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when she was gone, that's when the uh, the assassination attempt uh, happened. So Putin is uh, theorizing that perhaps there was a lover's quarrel and uh, maybe another man was involved and this other man murdered his opposition leader opponent um, right outside the Kremlin to uh, to get back at the fella for stealing his gal. So that's one of the mm-hmm. options that Putin is saying. And the other option is Islamic terrorists. Ah. So that's good. <laughs> yes, because you know how much the... So there, he's saying... So by saying that Islamic terrorists killed his biggest opposition, he's essentially saying that he's with Islamic terrorists, right? No, he's going to find them. <laughs> he's going to find those Islamic terrorists who are doing exactly in the Middle East what he is doing in the Ukraine right now. 
which is great. The Ukraine is turning into one hell of a proxy war. Of course, the U.S., we just sent a bunch of different arms and things like that to the re- Ukrainian people. So uh, I think after they realize they can't eat the bullets and they have to put them in the gun and fire and use them that way, I think that's really going to work out. Arming the Ukrainian people just doesn't sound like it's going to end very, very well for anybody. Damn, Ukraine has 272% inflation right now. That country is dying. Yeah, they're totally, completely, and utterly doomed. And they will be doomed for a very long time. And Putin is going nowhere. The older he gets, the more confident he gets. And the more confident he gets, dare I say, his autism shines. (laughs) The veil has lifted. Holy Christ. This man does not give two shits about anything. No. He is doing whatever he wants to do, and he knows that he can. I mean, uh, you know, I'm on episode three or going on to episode four of House of Cards season three, and so far, very good. They're, they have the, uh, the Russian um, prime minister, president, detective, whatever the hell they're calling him. <laughs> he comes over and he hangs out with uh, Frank Underwood. And, uh, and Claire, his wife, and uh, he, he's very, very creepy. He's obviously supposed to be Putin, and Putin would be happy because the guy is much more attractive than Vladimir, so I'm sure mm-hmm. he doesn't notice a difference. He's just like, that is me. Yes, very attractive. Because uh, Putin is, he is becoming, you know, quite an old Kathleen Turner. <laughs> he's beginning to look like Kathleen Turner. You put a wig on him. He's got that raspy voice and, uh, and a whole bunch of great talent. But, uh, you know, one of the things that they emphasized was how uh, if you're Putin, presidents come and go all the time. Yeah. Vlad, he's not going anywhere. He's young. He's young. Like, you've got to think about that. that he's going to be there for as long as he is alive or as long as he is. I don't I can't predict any sort of event in Russia that could take place where he would be forced out uh you know ousted from office office he's he's getting out of office in a body bag. Oh yeah, he's there's there until There's no way there's no way around it. He's there until there's no more fun to be had. Right, and then he's going to go off and join the carnival. <laughs> you know. You yeah. wouldn't believe what I was once. God, he's only 62. I mean, he's 62. He looks great for a 62-year-old. Vladimir Putin is I mean, it's just so sad because I and you know I I hear people say this sentence quite often. I wish he was our president, and like, no, you don't. No, because he is terrifying <laughs> and creepy, and everybody dies who says anything wrong with him. And Russia is a ass backwards country, and everyone is upset all the time. It's a gigantic Texas. It is a gigantic Texas, and oh my god, I think I think Ugh. that's what Eddie Ed Larson from the Roundtable of De- Gentlemen. That's what he says that yeah. Russia is the Texas of Europe. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit kinder to gay people uh, than Texas. <laughs> hey, do we? Do I need to read the fucking list of gay bars in Dallas again? No, that's a good point. Obviously, that was just a joke. Russia <laughs> is is the worst. Um, although a Russian leather bar is there anything more intense sounding than that? Is there another kind of bar in Russia? <laughs> I, it feels to me as if Russia does very uh, would do very very well with a huge leather bar boom if it hasn't already happened. So that's what's, uh, you know, so Putin is, he's going absolutely nowhere. And Obama has another, what, 18 months? I mean, there's going to be, yeah. there's no reason for Putin to work with him whatsoever. That Ukrainian proxy war is going to be going on for a while. As a matter of fact, there was a bit of a gaffe. I'm not sure if Marie Harf uh, said it, who I believe she works for the Department of State and uh, the State Department. And she's only 33 years old, and she was born in July, my birth month. I am also 33 years old. And, uh, you know, she is, has a very, very successful life. And Marie, if you're listening, and I know that you are, 
Facebook message me, or follow me back on Twitter so we can DM. <laughs> that would be exciting. Are you hitting on Marie Har? Oh, I think she's hot as hell. She's pretty cute. Yeah, she's a little thick. She's a thick gal, and uh, and well, she's not going to fucking message you now. Why? Thick is good. Thick is in. <laughs> Thick is in. I guess. This isn't the 1980s, man. <laughs> you know, this isn't some bizarre, uh, you know, heroin chic look anymore, man. Yeah. Thick is good. She is a beautiful woman. That's what it's all about. I was just talking with Kevin Barnett about, uh, you know, attra- norms of attraction mm-hmm. and how now it is it is your larger uh, larger butts. And uh, the boob is not necessarily has to does not necessarily have to be so big anymore. No. But back in the 80s, big boobs, no butt. Yeah. And then 90s, no boobs, no butt. <laughs> Everything was gone. Yeah. You know, and then late 90s, we started to see a little bit more, a little bit uh, increase uh, size as far as butt and boob. And now I just, uh, now dare I say, it's, it's, it's all the butt. Out of control. It's a butt, it's a butt world. <laughs> People have gone crazy with their obsession with the butt. I know, man. All this clapping. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But anyway, Marie Harf, she she recently said um that uh we're that they were arming uh we're, we are arming the US and of course it was a gaffe she meant to say the Ukrainian people. So basically sort of tilt the uh the Obama administration's um cards there when uh, pretty much just blatantly saying that we are on the side of the Ukrainian people. Mm-hmm. We don't give a fine fuck about the Ukrainian people who are literally, I mean, the, the, relatively dim. <laughs> you know, what? what's the stereotype when you think of like an, an average Ukrainian man? Uh, dirt farmer. Dirt. <laughs> right? So it's not like the U.S. has some extreme vested interest into in the life, in the livelihood, and the lifestyle, and the culture of the Ukrainian people. Yeah. It's very obvious that we're going, uh, we're arming them uh, in order to, uh, you know, to look strong against Putin so he just doesn't run all over their country and, uh, and take back what he believes is rightfully Russia's. Wants to get that Soviet Union back. Yeah. He wants the old days, man. He does. So that was a small... A small gaffe on her part over there, but it doesn't seem. Oh, I don't even know. It, 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 the whole there's there's so many different wars going on. It's it's very difficult to uh, to really uh, to to keep track of all the death and all the misery. What's but we try. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Let's come back to uh, the United States. Of course, CPAC was this weekend. Uh, this past weekend. And uh, so all the conservatives get together and they have a great time. It looks like. I mean. What the human cage business is right now in Syria and parts of Iraq, that's what the button business is to, uh, to CPAC. I mean, it's booming. Buttons are huge at CPAC. People can't get enough of their political buttons, and bumper stickers are flying off the shelves and being plastered onto bumper stickers across the country on random uh, Chevy trucks as we speak. Rand Paul is uh, doing a very good job now. Of course, Rand's been in the limelight, in the national limelight for quite a while. Yeah. And he was previously seen, obviously he ran in 2012. I'm not sure if he ran in 2008. I don't believe that he did. Um, but he has, uh, he's been, he's been uh, tested mm-hmm. many times nationally, and I don't think he's seen any longer as the fringe candidate that he was once seen as uh, in 2012, because of course a lot of his policies when it comes to legalizing marijuana, for example, uh, you have what happened in Colorado, where literally they made seven hundred. They are projected to make seven hundred and eighty million dollars in taxes. Fuck, it's in seven hundred eighty million dollars total, and then um, 
I forget the exact number of taxes. It's like $68 million in taxes, something like that. And the people are actually, they're doing so well in Colorado, they actually got a tax refund. It was like $7, but that's enough for a hoagie, <laughs> which is good, and that's really what you want. Yeah. You know, if the government can give you any amount of money back, that's a good sign. So his policies on marijuana are much more mainstream now than they were in 2012 because we're seeing an actual fiscally conservative approach to what legalizing weed can do. It's a huge boom. Colorado is doing amazing. And from what I understand, like nothing's gone wrong. Is nope. there has there been anything? The only thing that I've heard that is a little bit difficult is the bordering states and the bordering um, you know, uh, counties and jurisdictions, they're having a difficult time because, you know what? Kids want to go where it's cool and kids want to go where they can get legalized weed. But they have to go home because their mothers are calling. And when they do that, then they, all, uh, they also transport now illegal goods to their parents' house in some random suburban town. If I remember correctly, the only crime that went up in Colorado was arson. Well, that's accident. We need to, re-cha- we need to change the word arson from an... Uh, Accident. You know, I just fell asleep with the bong burning. So he's not seen as quite as a uh, political extremist. And obviously, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the Chicago black sites, with the the one nice thing, uh, we just did the episode with Molly Neffel all about the Oscars. And uh, one of the things I failed to mention was John Legend's speech when he discussed the mass incarceration rates, Mm -hmm. when when he discussed privatized prisons. And these are issues now that I think um, aren't seen as fringe issues. These are seen as issues as we, as our generation who cares about these issues grow older. People, as they grow older, they tend to be a little bit more active when they vote. And so these uh, issues are actually going to become viable political points for the Republican Party if they choose to, uh, you know, actually, you know, adopt them and grab onto them and and uh, and really stress them as a part of their platform, as opposed to what they do in Texas when they cut cake celebrating, you know, the fact that gays can't find love. Um, well, they can find it, they, but they, they can't they, have it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can find a McDonald's, but if it's closed, I don't get a Big Mac. <laughs> So Rand Paul won the CPAC straw poll, mm-hmm. and not only did he win, he won quite handily, and uh, he did a very, uh, I think he did a very good job. When I hear him speak, he's definitely coming across as much more of a mainstream guy, and uh, so it's all starting to heat up. The Democrats are boring. Everyone thinks it's going to be Hillary. They pretty much nominated, anointed Hillary, mm-hmm. uh, you know, despite the fact that now she's getting investigated uh, because the Clinton Foundation took a whole a whole bunch of money from foreign countries, um, the Middle East uh, specifically, countries that have terrible human rights records, countries that literally don't allow women to drive, vote, or even think, mm-hmm. um, countries that don't allow women to show any parts of their bodies without getting uh, stoned in the middle of a town square. And this is where the Clinton Initiative got millions and millions of dollars as Hillary is running on a platform uh, Mm pro-women. Of course, only pro... She's pro-women here in America, but other than that, uh, they can all uh, apparently die, which is sort of what they do. So that's why it's not really exciting to talk about the Democrats. I like this guy, uh, Mark Warner, I believe. I think he's out of Louisiana. He seems like a Democrat that could be fairly strong. He's actually for the Keystone Pipeline as well, Marcus. Oh, God, this guy looks like a... Fucking goblin. Let me see if that's the right guy. <laughs> that no, he doesn't look like a goblin. He looks like the future president of the United States. He's no, a POTUS. Marcus, you you better watch what you're saying, bro. You're gonna end up outside of the White House assassinated with me hanging over your corpse with an empty gun. Look at his head. What do you mean look at it? If the presidency was nominated by heads, we would never head of president. He's got a head like a light bulb. 
Why? Because he's thinking. <laughs> he's always thinking, and that light bulb is always on. What's wrong with you? I like him. Anyway, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I know nothing about him. A, I've I'm seen just, him speak I, a couple of times. I, he's a nice guy. I'm just saying, for the Keystone Pipeline, so he loves science and the. He has faith in humanity hmm. to create something amazing. I would like someone with science. That would be very nice. We'll talk about this guy in one second. Um, obviously, the Republicans uh, also pushing very hard for this Dr. Ben Carson character. Yeah, he came in fourth. Oh, the Republicans so badly want a black friend. It's really <laughs> sad. Uh, I was talking with Kevin Barnett about this as well. Um you know, when uh, when you're a black dude and you move to a pretty much a predominantly white area, you are a sage. You're yeah. a god. White people, uh, they, they circle around you and you could tell them anything about black culture. You'd be like, yeah, black people, um, you know, our pinky toes are actually yellow. <laughs> and then you'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's amazing. And then white kids the next day would come with yellow painted pinky toes. They could say anything. The Republican Party is just like, Dr. Ben Carson, oh my God, he is black. He is cool. Uh, no, he's not cool. No, no, no. He is black. You nailed that part. Well, they had a black friend, but they just fucking kicked him to the side. Colin Powell or Herman, Herman Cain? I don't think... <laughs> you know... Godfather the, Pizza. I, what, the thing is, again... When you are a uh, you know a, a black person in a predominantly white uh, area, the, whites will also turn on you when you're too black. <laughs> and Herman might have gone a little bit off the rails. Doesn't help that he doesn't know anything about foreign policy and his pizza chain that he made millions and millions of dollars off of uh, is bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's bad it, pizza. It's not good. Godfather's pizza is not good. And you know what, Herman? You don't look like a godfather to me. It seems like you uh, stole somebody, uh, some cultural identity there. Yeah, we'll call it Godfather's pizza. Uh, you would you would assume a fellow named Mario might have owned it, but no, it's Herman Cain. Yeah, that's totally fine. So Dr. Ben Carson went and spoke, and he is a uh, he's a very pragmatic dude in a lot of ways. Um, he tries to uh, you know he he tries to um, think critically about things but of course his social issues he makes texas look like a bunch of uh a bunch of heathens a bunch of new orleans uh you know people partying down on bourbon street and and sucking all over each other that's how conservative the man's social views are he equated uh you know homosexuality to bestiality in the, the most classic stop if you are running for the republican nomination Bestiality, homosexuality, uh, you know, zoophilia. Don't mention them in the same sentence ever. It's going to be cut uh, and make you look like you are a terrible human being. Just stop with the bestiality, homosexuality uh, equation altogether. Stop talking about bestiality in general. You're a politician. There's no reason to bring that up. Bestiality should never be the hottest political issue of a, for <laughs> for any sort of nomination whatsoever. So he made a massive gaffe with that, and I think that's going to hurt him quite a bit. And obviously, if he was only able to get fourth in the straw poll, uh, in the straw poll at CPAC, that's not a great sign for him going forward. Yeah, it was uh, Ram Paul, Scott Walker, Ted Cruz in third, Ben Carson fourth, Jeb Bush fifth, and Jeb Bush, by the way, booed by the crowd when his name was announced. Jeb is Jeb is given Rand a reason to run because now Rand can run as the non-anti-Bush, and everybody hates. You know, it was interesting. As a matter of fact, George W. Bush was tied in a poll recently for the most, um, was it not respected, uh, not influential? It was something um, honored, uh, one of the most uh, honored Americans. 
And uh, I thought that was very interesting. Apparently, W has got a little bit more respect now than he did when he was leaving office because I think it's just, you know, people wishing that uh, Obama was a little bit more uh, rogue cowboy when he came with his Middle Eastern dealings. 49% of Americans as of December had a favorable image of Bush. Which is way up. No one really saw that coming. Yeah. Oh, my God. Way, way, way up. Only 24% of Democrats have a a favorable view of Bush. I want to meet those Democrats. That's up 10 points since 2009. Yeah, I want to meet those Democrats too. Right, because that doesn't seem to make much sense whatsoever for a Democrat to have a uh, favorable view of Bush. Why are you still a Democrat? Yeah, no shit. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Bush left with a 35% approval rating. And it's up 14 points. So, you know what? Next year, he would make a good president. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit late to the game. Mm -hmm. You know, no one likes you when you're in office. It always takes a little bit of time for people to forget how terrible you were. And then they see you wearing socks with sandals and they think you're you're just a typical grandpa. And they they don't want to be mean to you. He's been painting his feet. Yeah, he's, been, he's wearing socks and sandals and he paints dogs. <laughs> I love that little guy. But, of course, the Republican Party falls into the same, uh, categ- uh, falls into the same trap time and time again uh, with the climate change in, uh, you know, deniers. Uh. And uh, we've talked about it. There was, a, there was recently a thing in India where there were people who uh, scientists got together and uh, they said it was overblown. The human, um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the human causation of climate change. You know, there's a lot. Of, there is some controversy if humans are the ones doing it or if they're the ones not. A lot of scientists believe that we are and some don't. But the Republican Republican Party just there's certain people in the party that uh, take things down to such bare bones. Uh, you know they simplify things so much that it makes them look a little dumb. Yeah, who was this fellow who brought the snowball into Congress? James Inhofe. And we've heard of Inhofe before. Or Inhofe. In- I think it's it's I N H O F E. Yeah, Inhofe. Inhofe. <laughs> I am Jima Inhofe. <laughs> Yep, he's from Oklahoma, and he came out and he said, in case we've forgotten, because we keep hearing that 2014 has been the warmest year on record, he pulls out a snowball and he said, I asked the chair, do you know what this is? Mm -hmm. It's a snowball just from outside here. So it's very, very cold out. Very unseasonable. Mm -hmm. Catch this. And he threw it at someone. And you know, um, you guys have heard of starvation in Africa, right? What is this? It's a piece of pizza. (laughs) So the fact that I... I have a piece of pizza in my hand. Starvation in Africa. So, you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I just love that he made. And if you look, if you take a look at the picture of him holding this snowball, it is the most perfectly crafted snowball in the history of a snowball. It's a pretty good snowball. And you know, one of his staffers was like, "What do you want me to do today?" <laughs> Oh, go make a perfect snowball so you can waste Congress's time in discussing how global warming or climate change isn't occurring because you're going to hold the snowball. He wrote a whole book right, called uh, The Greatest Hoax, wasn't it? I mean, there is. I mean, it's there is definitely like I, uh, I believe with the Keystone Pipeline, and uh, there's definitely the similar thing with the environmentalists um, when it comes to the use of climate change as a political weapon. There's no doubt about that, and so it, it can be blown out of proportion, and you can be using these things for your own means, regardless of what the science is saying uh, at the time. And the verdict is still technically out. I mean, these are all just theories. No, it's not. It's out. The, the verdict. Did you not listen to Inhofe? <laughs> He's got a snowball. The jury is out. 99. <laughs> oh, the jury. The who, jury who is out. Who makes up the jury, Ben? I do. 
and I'm out. The jury is out. One million percent caused by humans. In Hofe brought a <laughs> snowball to Did Congress. You know, fucking grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> the jury is out. Jury's not out. The jury. Well, <laughs> I'll Google. We'll, we'll Google war. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll Google pro- right now. Pro- is global warming is, is, is the jury out? On global warming is the jury out? Nope, jury's in on global. Did you Google it on global warming? Or is you just, the jury out on global? Did humans cause global warming? warming. We're going to find a bunch of different contradictory websites and scientists. Well, there's one that says global warming. Is the jury still out? <laughs> <laughs> and what are they saying? This will be the answer. Oh, let's see here. The jury is in. <laughs> oh no. no! Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. the jury's out. No, no, wait. Yeah, is the jury still out? The qu- answer to the question in the title is no. The jury is not still out. The verdict is global warming is a reality, and humans have contributed to the problem. Jury's in, Ben. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Uh, yes, you do. The jury is in. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> That's fine. In Hofe, for the snowball to Congress, out of all the things that are happening in the world, the man, uh, you know, he's dealing with the heart issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, uh, the heart issue is, of course, how to create and form the most perfect snowball uh, in the history of humanity. To have your aide makes the top snowball. Oh, yeah, he didn't. Put it, and put it into a little igloo. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> and I guarantee you, after he had the snowball, after his speech, he, the aide grabbed the snowball from his hand and another aide dabbed it down with a, a nice tissue paper. And he's like, that was the coldest snoball I've ever held. I told you to get me a warm one. <laughs> he's like, that's not possible, sir. You're fired. I'll tell you what's possible. Yeah, you out of a job is possible. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Let us know if you think the jury is out. The jury's in. The jury is in. <laughs> I'm just trying to be diplomatic. There are people oh, with different I'm theories. I'm sick of this whole diplomatic global warming. There's no reason to be diplomatic about this. All I know is I am freezing cold. There's a bunch of snow outside here in New York City. Yeah, I know. Do you need me to go outside and get a snowball and no, bring it in I here to show you? I don't need you to go outside. I was just, I'm about to go outside right now. Well, look around, my <laughs> friend. We're expecting three to five inches of snow today. Three to five? Ooh. All right. <laughs> God, you've made me turn into Mr. Birds. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Go to the Facebook page, Able Against Top Hat. Let us know what you think and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds about right. You can find Marcus on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Check out all the shows here on CCR. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. 
Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 